Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have the crew comprised of these gentlemen joining me once again throughout the interwebs. Of course, I have my boy Damo, a.k.a. Dominique Marks. He is the host of the Raw Sex Podcast. Every week, you can catch it either Thursdays or Fridays, talking everything from love, relationships, sex, social issues when it comes to relationships and everything else, and we just put out a banger of an episode this past week ruffled a few feathers out there but i definitely think that we got some good response out there based on that talking about of course who raised some of these dudes out here but everything's going well make sure y'all check out the raw sex podcast listen to it subscribe to it all that good stuff share it with your friends and of course my boy jo here in the place to be Guys, appreciate y'all for joining us. And we actually have a bonus segment today. Another one of Cards, Dominoes, Drinks, and Smoke. It is a segment where we get around, talk about some issues, including things on old school hip-hop and things going on in the hip-hop world. And we just sit around and just sort of talk about things. So no review this week, but we got a great segment coming up of Cards, Dominoes, Drinks, and Smoke. Just to sit around and talk a little bit about things going on in the hip-hop world. So, fellas, here we are. Here to do yet another segment of Cards, Dominoes, Drinks, and Smoke. And of course, our motto here at The Vault, hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics. And today on Cards, Dominoes, Drinks, and Smoke, we're going to talk a little bit about rap groups and hip-hop. And why over the last 10 to 15 years, we're seeing the decline of the visibility of hip-hop groups in the industry. And, you know, why this has happened. We know that since its origin, hip-hop and its groups really was founded in groups. I was watching something from Boom Bap Nation. They had a pre-recorded lecture that KRS-One was given at Fresno State. And this was probably from a few years ago. He was given a lecture about the beginnings of hip-hop and how hip-hop can lead people out of poverty. Now, I don't know if any of y'all have ever heard KRS-One give a lecture, but it's worth the price of, price of admission if you actually pay money to go listen to hear this man talk about hip-hop. He, of course, one of the pioneers of the game, definitely one of the greatest MCs ever, but he is a student of hip-hop and its history and has learned more about hip-hop than probably all three of us put together times like 100. So it was really great to hear him go back and talk about the origins of the game all the way back from 1520 Sedgwick Avenue to Grandmaster Flash and do, introducing the Crossfader into the world of music and then started talking about some of the crews that came up. So we learned about, you know, the different crews that started up. You had, of course, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. You had groups like the Treacherous Three. You had the Funky Floor Four plus one more. You had a lot of these classic rap groups that were out there and rap crews that started. We get into the 80s when hip-hop starts to become big. You got the classic rap groups like Run DMC. Other ones like Public Enemy, other ones like NWA, the Beastie Boys. And then you start to see some of the DJ rapper combinations, Eric B and Rock Kim, DJ Mike Smooth and Lord Finesse. Also, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it was really a staple out there. 
hip hop didn't really see a solo rap star at least until the 80s when Curtis Blow came around. He was really the big, the first big solo rap star because he was the first rapper signed to a major label when he signed to Mercury in 1980. Then afterwards, you saw a rapper like LL Cool J, who as a teenager signed with Def Jam, and he really became the first mainstream rap star that started to cross over a little bit. And then you start to see some solo rap groups come around. But really, starting from the beginning of hip-hop all the way into its infancy and its teenage years into the 90s, you started to see the rap groups start to develop even more. You saw rap groups like EPMD. We mentioned Public Enemy before, also Run DMC. But then you saw rap groups like Helter Skelter, rap groups like Black Moon. You also saw the Dog Pound. You also saw rap groups like the Ghetto Boys. And eventually you see rap groups like Bone, you would then see other like rap clicks start to develop. You know, you would have Boop Can't Clip. You would have Def Squad. Eventually you had rap groups and clicks like the Rough Riders, the Alcoholics. I mean, you could run up and down every single coast in all three coasts of America. And you saw rap groups like Outkast, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul. The whole Native Tongues tribe had groups that were pretty much all throughout that. And that really ruled hip hop for a while. And you had solo rap artists really start to make their name from the late eighties into the mid nineties, all the way through up into the two thousands. And then it seems like in this last 10 or 15 years, other than the old school rap groups that have always been around the mob deeps, the tribe called quest, you know, eventually now it seems like those groups have disappeared. And especially in the new school of guys and girls, the new school of rappers now aren't in groups. What you have now are you have clicks. I mean, you have groups like the Migos. That's like really one of the big ones that's around here. You got other groups like a, a group that I mentioned on Facebook, um, Blue and Exile, who came out with a great project and have had great projects throughout their discography. But you don't really see rap groups anymore. You see rap clicks. Dreamville, you know, you see there was Pro Era, there was Odd Future, you know, there was the ASAP Mob. You know, you have rap clicks, but not really anybody coming together as like a rap group other than like some collabos, P-Rhyme, Run the Jewels. You see things like that happen. You had Slaughterhouse that was together when it was a hip hop super group. The Horsemen, which was another hip hop super group in the early 2000s. But now you don't see them anymore. So I just kind of wanted to talk about it just so that you, you know, to see if y'all are seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. And also to kind of talk about why we think those the rap groups have sort of gone away. So. I guess I'll kind of start with Jay and just like, you know, it's like we know where hip hop was with groups and the groups sometimes, you know, they were the ones who were selling the big numbers when it came to hip hop records because groups were always popular. But then now it seems like so many of them are broken up. Some of them have are permanently disbanded because some of the members have passed away. But mm -hmm. now what we see is, you know, there's not really a lot of rap groups out there anymore. Why do you think that is? Yeah, so I mean, and that's true. I mean, it's definitely like um, it just you just made me think like you know like the last hurrah in my opinion was like you know the odd futures and the pro era like, but mm -hmm. as far as like groups, I mean, even though it's more like a conglomerate as opposed to like groups because like even like with the example of Dungeon Family you used to have Outkast, yeah. Goody Mob, but I guess I could start as far as like the aspect as far as like the the DJ and the MC type of aspect of it. Yeah, you know, I think like one thing that really contributed to that demise was like you know. MCs like you know just being able to figure out the producer edge of it as well you know what I mean like mm. especially with like the technology that's out now with, like you know uh, GarageBand or FL Studio or Reason whatever like that you know a lot of MCs like you know getting behind the boards and making their own beats as well 
So I think that might have like kind of cut out the need for the DJ aspect of it, as far as like, you know being presented as such a unit, like you know, because even with like you know gang, like Gangstar and honestly, I don't they weren't really a group per se, but you could even even say that more so like how it was with Dre and Snoop. You know what I mean? Like as far mm-hmm. as like the early Death Row days, but as far as the other aspects, as far as like whether well, it's not groups, I think it might be a lot. A, a, a lot may have to do with like ego. You know, to be to be honest with you, I mean, I'm sure there were egos out like. People had like big heads back in the day. As far as like I'm more talented, you know, that David Ruffin syndrome. I'll put it like that. So, <laughs> right. um, um, I'm sure that always existed. But I think like just like nowadays, it's just like you know that aspect of a person's ego and you know like people just being like hating and jealous and outshining one another. You know, I think that really contributed to like you know us really not seeing that as as much. I mean, I guess you really couldn't consider Young Money a group. That was more like a conglomerate because I mean they weren't. And honestly, I don't even really know if you can say it's a conglomerate because really it was just Nicki, Wayne, and Drake to me, in my opinion, as far as like who's really making noise and like Tiger just on his bullshit. But um, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's like pretty much like the two angles right there that really kind of killed like ego and then, you know, MCs or solo artists really not really kind of cutting out the need for the DJ or the producer in this aspect when they're trying to like take on both, you know, um, roles themselves. Like case in point, like Soldier Boy. I mean, people knock Soldier Boy, and we all, I think we can all agree he's not the most lyrical person out there, but his presence was definitely a game changer in hip hop as far as like, you know, producing your own stuff, marketing your own stuff, and then, you know, just changing the way, like, you know, how you got your music out there. So I think, like, you know, other artists saw that and was like, okay, you know, if I could do it on my own, you know, let me just go about it going that route. So, you know, I think those are the, like, the biggest things I could think of that kind of killed that dynamic, you know, over the years. So, yeah. And, and, you know, the thing about it is that DJs, a lot of producers started out as DJs. And you'll mm-hmm. even see, like, even the great ones, the ones who have been veterans in the game, a lot of them all started out as DJs. Primo, Dre, Dre. Molly Maul, yep. uh, Alchemist, all these guys. And even you see DJ, uh, producers like Ski all started out as DJs. And now it seems like now DJs aren't really that prevalent unless it's a stage show. I mean, you have DJs that do stuff that will only be you know, do mixing competitions, you know, that will do DJ competitions. And other than their presence on the stage for a rapper who's actually performing, you don't really see a lot of DJs presence in, in hip hop anymore. Really? It, it's um, it's one of those things that has sort of gone away as being a part of the actual music themselves. And it's interesting that you mentioned the whole thing about producing your own music, because we see a lot of more rappers starting to produce their own music, especially now because the software and the way you make music has changed so much in the last 25 to 30 years as opposed to what it was. So Damo, Jason talked about money. And I mentioned this uh, during uh, one thing when watching that new edition special, you know, when uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were talking to, uh, new ed- to Bell Biv DeVoe and they was like, you ever thought about doing your own thing? You know, new sound for a new crowd. And they was thinking he was crazy, but then Mike sat there and thought about it and he said, Money better split three ways anyway, <laughs> you know. So, you think how big you how big of a factor you think money plays into a fact that rap groups have gone gone away? I mean, because that's has got to be a big part in it, right? Money because money is the money money is the biggest part of it. Because why well, I got to split my pie four or five ways when I could just split it one? Yeah, it's only coming to me. I mean, besides the other hands that's touching it, you know, you have your. Whoever you sign with production company, whoever your manager is, who this person is, all of them touching it. Why well, I want to touch it with three, four bammers when I could just I could be the one that's touching it after them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You think about the rooms. You got to take the money out of the rooms. Three different rooms, not just one room. Yeah. 
I mean, besides the entourage, well, which is my room I'm paying for. <laughs> we got budget for the the the, the clothes. All right, now we got but nah, it's only the budget for my clothes now. Yeah. <laughs> nah. So I think money is probably you know he said ego ego a little bit, but I think that money, the root of all evil, played the biggest part. Yeah. That's not having groups no more like that. Yeah. Well, look at the classic rap groups that came together, right? The ones that broke up for the most part a big portion of them broke up because of either ego or money. Look at NWA. They broke up, really. And I, I consider the beginning of the breakup of NWA when Cube left because he was the biggest part of that group to me, which made things go, other than Dre. But he was the lyrical force behind that because him and Renner were doing most of the writing and mm-hmm. Dre was doing the producing. When Cube left, NWA changed. It was never the same after that Straight Outta Compton album. It never was the same. But that was because of money. Uh, there's ego. We talk about the whole thing that happened with Tribe Called Quest. Really, Tip and Fife falling out over things happening, and depending on who you listen to, it was partially because of Tip's wanting to control everything and egos and Fife not really feeling the fact that he didn't feel like he was included in making the music anymore and it wasn't a group effort anymore. Look at the same thing with Bone. Now, Bone is still technically a group, but they split apart and Crazy Bone started doing his own thing. Busy Bone started doing his own thing. People get albums, you go platinum, and then all of a sudden you don't really necessarily care about the group anymore. I do have to say, though, looking at even a group like EPM. Now, the reason why EPMD first broke up was a completely different situation. Yeah, it was a street level. Yeah, yeah that like, was some street level stuff that it was like, all right, this thing cannot stay together. A lot of it is differences in opinion and not able to work with each other. Look at CL uh, Smooth and Pete Rock. I mean, they put out two classic albums. And because they couldn't work together and figure out differences, they didn't make any other albums together. I mean, they could have had a long, prosperous career together, but they split up and decided to do things differently. Same thing with Eric B. and Rakim. After four albums, after, let's say, three classic albums and one really good album, they split up. And then Rakim went off and did his solo thing, and Eric B. went off to do his thing. Same thing with DJ Mike Smooth and Lord Finesse, Funky Technician. I did it earlier this year. After one album, they split up. And... If you look at the failure rate for groups over the failure rate for solo artists, the potential for a fallout can be much more tremendous than it can be for a solo artist with a group. And I think the labels sort of play a little bit into that. And then I also think that ego plays into that as well. And, you know, we sort of talk about now nowadays guys will more than likely collab. Like, you know, we talked about run the jewels, run the jewels has put out three really great projects some may probably even be considered classics within a few years. Same thing with P-Ron. Uh, Slaughterhouse came together and, you know, there's a big story as for all the reason why Slaughterhouse didn't work. And it was really a difference in between a few different people within that group. And when you have personalities, all of them are alpha, alpha male lyricists. It's like, you know, things are going to sort of get in the way of things sort of happening. One group that I know that really hasn't split up, per se, or had their problems would have to be De La Soul. Now, De La sort of stayed together ever since locks. their first one. Yeah, and the Locks, too. The Locks, too. But even the Locks have taken their, 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 you know, their chops at doing solo uh, albums by themselves. And Jada's done solo albums. As a group. Yeah, but as a group. Nah, they're still the story. As a group. They're never, they're never broken up. They're still a group. Still a group. Yeah, nah, definitely. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and these are all people, though, we're talking about from our era, though. These youngins nowadays, though, like you said, you got the, the conglomerates and the groups and the uh, the clicks, but 
you know, other than the Migos, I can't really think about any other like new age rap groups that are together that have other than like the Blue and Exiles and people like them that have really stayed together and like have marketed themselves as a group. I mean, I don't really know of any. And you can't really speak of many other people uh, that are like strictly a rap group that market themselves as a group and put an album out as a group really within the last 10 to 15 years. And it used to be that there were strength in numbers in hip hop with not just a group, but a click. And then you also, you had, you know, native tongues, you had soul Aquarians, you know, you had dungeon family, you had rough riders, you know, you had bad boy in the family. You had, <laughs> you had death row as a, as a label and an organization as a click that sort of came together. You had those type of units that were sort of operating. And now it's just like getting where you fit in. You know, the solo rap stars are pretty much running everything. You just don't really see a whole lot of, whole lot of numbers in groups. And I think a big part of that to me, one of it, I think is ego, but I think the money though, especially now because the type of money that hip hop is making now, because the type of money they're making now is much, much more than it was even during our heyday during the nineties and the two thousands. So there's a lot more money to get. So why split it up? Like Damo said, two or three different ways. Yeah. And, um, and plus like, you know, with that, like, you know, um, I guess it kind of segues into like the whole thing as far as like even just like the need for labels anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like so many of them are like so many people gone independent, you know, as far as making their money. I mean, like, yeah, back in the day, like you would hear about artists going diamond and everything like that groups or individuals. But then like, you know, fast forward to now, you really don't need a label. You pretty much got SoundCloud, you got YouTube, you know what I mean? Like, and maybe a and maybe like you know a label will pick up on that or like you can get distribution, but it kind of entices people more. Like you know, it's like I could do all this by myself. Plus, I don't necessarily need initial distribution to get my name out there. I don't have, I don't have to go to the radio stations. It's like that's just another another piece of it. Just kind of factors in. It's like you know the fact you don't need these groups, you don't need that group aspect of it to really blow up and you know and shine. So. I yeah. mean, it's like a multi-layered thing here as far as like you know what contributes to hip hop being where it is now. I mean, it's and I guess it's kind of a double-edged sword cuz it's like yeah, it's like the internet gave everybody a voice but at the same time the downsides it gave everybody a voice, you know what I mean? Mm, so, yeah. And another thing that we talk about is that when you're in a group, what has to be has to happen. You have to have damn near unanimous consent or at least majority consent. So the bigger uh, the larger amount of people that you have involved in the pot the more acrimonious the arguments get. So we see a rap group like Wu-Tang, right? How many members do Wu-Tang have? A lot, a whole lot. I mean, I could count here and tell you how many they have, but could you imagine, though, trying to go through things? I watched one video of them where they were doing like a, some sort of reunion tour a few years back, and they were on the bus, and they were all arguing, every single one of them. The main ones that were arguing were like Ghostface and Meth. They were talking about some, oh, Meth ain't show up for this, but he made sure he showed up for Oprah, and he made sure he did this. And hmm. you got you God saying this over here, and Ray saying this over here. You got, you know, Dex saying this over here. And I was like, yo. So if you had that large amount of people in a room, right, it's sort of like that group project thing we talked about in school. <laughs> and when you in college, you notice it much more than any than anywhere else, especially in high school. You didn't really go through that drama in, in group projects a little bit. But when you got to college, though, we was all by ourselves. You got to see the dynamics of a group project and you get the same type of animosity because what happens in a group project, you probably have a couple of people pulling their weight. A couple of people pretending to do work and then a few people not really doing anything, but they showing up at the end of the day to get the A. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that kind of factors into it as well. I don't know. To me, 
I would like to see more rap groups out there because I think there are folks and they're not just beyond the collaborations because, you know, Run the Jewels, P-Rhyme, you know, things like that, like Slaughterhouse. Like, I would like to see more hip hop groups come around and do their thing. Um, but it just seems like now, like you said, the money is a motivating factor. As you mentioned, Jay, it's now to the point where you can go on CD Baby and DistroKid and so many different other tune core and you can set up your account and actually distribute your music without having to get a label involved with, yep. at all. You don't have to worry about going to sign a deal and then worry about what everybody else's deal looks like. Then if I got to worry about myself and just a couple other people involved, I don't got to really worry about having a group involved to see whether or not they're pulling their weight. People don't record music together anymore either. Like you have people that will collaborate and they'll be literally all across the world, across the globe, across the nation, won't be in the same place, but they'll put a song together. <laughs> like the dynamics of that have changed too. Like gone are the days when you used to be able to sit in the studio and work together on a project and you could really see that whether the cohesion was there or not. Now you can literally have a producer in one place, one group member in another place, another group member on another place and somebody else here and a record come together without anybody ever being in the same room. Yeah. And I would say Gangstar was like one of the ones actually was able to do that back in the day with, um, on, remember on this uh, on uh, moment of truth betrayal yeah mm -hmm. scarface i mean they were i don't believe they were in the same studio and that james yeah that's right one of like one of my favorite gangstar songs and yeah. like you know <laughs> but again that's the that's the greatness of primo too so yeah it is it is i'm a great producer as far as like collaborations you know we've been seeing a few collaborations out there everybody have been getting themselves ready for it. things have been like oh if these people would sort of get together if they would get together right like everybody's sort of been all still here waiting for that Kendrick Cole collaboration that I don't think's ever going to come, <laughs> but <laughs> but if something oh, like that happens, forgot, one can uh, dream. Yeah, uh, Griselda is a group. Yeah, Griselda is a group, and yes, Griselda is a group. Yes, you're right. And Griselda put out one of the best <laughs> projects last year. They uh, put out the WWCD. What was Sheen Gun do? And that was great. And they've been one of the bright spots in this past decade, in particular over these last couple of years with the style. You know, the lyrics are a throwback. The bars are a throwback, everything else. But then you also have each one of the individual entities. They all still do their own thing. You got Benny doing his thing. You got Conway doing his thing. You have... West Side Gun doing his thing. Oh, and of course, you have Boldly James doing his things as well, which he just actually announced his new project is going to be coming out. So they're an example of a group, yes, but then I would also even kind of put them in to the click or conglomerate circle as well because, you know, I don't know how many albums we'll have that you'll have all three of them or all four of them together or anybody who was associated with Griselda all come together to do a, a joint project because their solo projects are winning right now. I mean, shoot, West, Scott, West Side Gun probably done put out, I don't know, what is it, two or three projects, at least that I can know in the last couple of years? Huh? <laughs> no, he's been, put out, he's been putting out two, three albums a year. He yeah. Been out three albums in the last four months. Yeah, exactly. And Benny, <laughs> and Benny put out one of the best, like, all the plugs I met last year, one of the great projects of last year. Conway been on it, has put out at least two or three different projects within his last I would say within the last seven to eight months. And they've been burning things up because everybody's yeah, starting to find out about Griselda. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, 
they they are actually yeah they're a group but then i also kind of put them in the conglomerate as well but they kind of been working and grinding as a group together but that's really i think they are a throwback though when you look at griselda griselda is a throwback to the way that as a clique and then also as a group everybody can sort of work together you can sort of win as a group and then everybody can win individually and that's a little bit of a breath of fresh air because this is kind of a throwback back to the days when you had a clique and a group of people sort of working together, affiliates, everybody sort of working together. And it's like, all right, well, you know what? We have enough to be able to make sure that this group and this conglomerate can thrive and succeed. But everybody else here individually has a space for them to shine. And it's not like, at least right now, we're not hearing anything like, you know, oh, well, you know, I don't really like how, you know, West Side Guns out there, you know, he getting on all this shine or whatever, and he doing this, but, you know, or Conway's doing this, Conway's getting all the credit of everybody on Benny Nuts and everything else like that. You don't see that with those with them dudes, right? You don't see that with them at all. And their music's good. <laughs> I mean, Griselda's music is exceptional. It's really a breath of fresh air, and I would sleep on Griselda for a long time. My boy Dion actually put it out. Yo, shout out to Dion from Champagne in the Locker Room again. Dion's the one who put me on the Griselda and put me on the Bennies, all the plugs that I met. All the plugs that I met. So I had to go back and dig up everything that Griselda had put out prior to last year and started listening to their music. And it finally just dawned on me like, damn, these dudes have been out here for a while. So that's a good example of some new school groups that have sort of been out here where you don't really get into that problem where it's just like, oh, we can all individually shine, but the group can then also thrive as well. Because we see that in a lot of groups, man. Look what happened. Tribe Called Quest broke up. What happened? Tip put out a solo album. Dog Pound was together for a while. What happens? They break up and mm. Corrupt goes out and puts out a solo album, then also puts out content with Horsemen and then a couple other people. And so he's sort of been out there doing his solo thing ever since then. Organized Confusion was also another group. Then it was with Prince Poe and with Pharaoh. Now, obviously, Pharaoh was the star of the group. And eventually, it came to a point where Pharaoh needed to step out on his own. Pharaoh stepped out on his own. He has a good solo career and has put out at least a classic album in Internal Affairs and has been a solo act since then. has been burning things up. So... We see that in a lot of groups, and we see it with R&B groups, too. We've seen R&B groups grow, you know, sort of break up because there's somebody out there that shines a little bit more than everybody else, <clears throat> Beyonce. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have that. SWV broke up. They were great, and they had it. X Escape broke up. Every album they put out, they, it was a platinum-selling album, and they still broke up <laughs> because people wanted to be able to get that time to be able to shine. So... It, it's, I mean, you say it probably about like um, Drew Hill as well. Drew I mean, Hill. One, oh man, Drew Hill done. Drew Hill done got to, together. They, you know, what he left, and then next thing you know, Jazz leaves. He comes back. He leaves. He comes back. He leaves. Yeah. Yeah. One twelve. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah, boys and men too. Boys to men, you know, and boys to men is a trio now, which is hard for me to understand because I've always known them as a, you know, Casey and JoJo split up and uh, Jodeci split up and became Casey and JoJo. And last year I had a show where I went to. It was a '90s R&B tour, and on there was Blackstreet. It was 702. It was uh, Jenny Wine. It was, uh, and KC was there too. So KC was there by himself, really only singing a couple of songs because he only have a couple of solo songs that he has. 
But the other things were Casey and, and JoJo songs that he was singing his verses that he had, I guess, like his nephew who also sings was singing JoJo's parts. So then he stopped and took a break and he was like, yo, man, it's good to be at back uh, performing again. But people were asking me, Casey, where's JoJo? Casey, where's JoJo? And everybody just started cheering. He said, shoot, I'm a grown ass man, dog. <laughs> he left it at that. <laughs> he didn't say anything else. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, man. But that's really the state where we're at now in hip hop and in popular music is that we're seeing that you're not even really seeing a lot of R&B groups come out really like that much anymore because their failure rate. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely miss seeing girl groups out there, man. It's like, yeah, you don't. And the reason being is because their failure rate is high. (laughs) How many R&B girl groups do y'all know that haven't broken up at least once? At least once. There's a, like, I, <laughs> you can't hardly name one because they've all broken up at least once. Look yeah, at them. So all I, the, I was, I was going to say TLC, but I was like, even if, even if they had their issues, so. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, you have, I mean, I named them SWV, Escape, Destiny's Child. You know, they've all come back in different things. We talked about Drew Hill. We talked about 112. I mean, Jagged Edge has sort of not really broken up, but they've been in so much damn trouble. <laughs> One of their boys being locked up. So, but people always get jealous in groups. Somebody always gets jealous or somebody doesn't have enough money. And then there's always those external forces of people who are around the group talking and somebody gets into somebody's ear and it's always like, yeah, man, you know, you could do this or somebody got a deal on the table and you could do this and you could make this much money. And that's all it takes to be able to get things moving to kind of break the groups up. That's all it takes. I mean, that's all. That's also that's also whoever they sign to. You know, once you start seeing, all right, Beyonce, everybody knew Beyonce was the star. So yeah. you already know they was already in her it, from the top. You giving her special treatment. She yeah. got her own dressing room. We in here dressing together. She yeah. got a whole different outfit. Yeah. All right, she getting the movie parts. All right. Omarion, all right, he got his own dressing room. Omarion with B2K, yeah. <laughs> he gonna, right. It's not getting featured B2K songs with B2K. He going to get featured in other songs by himself, featured Omarion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Immature, they they going to feature Marcus Houston. They ain't getting featured the whole Immature. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you start seeing those, and, that, and that's coming from whoever you with, Atlantic. Like, oh, no, nah, he the star. You know, it was Columbia. Oh, nah, he the star right there. We gonna mm-hmm. push him right here. We gonna get him to be the star. And once you start seeing that, the people that got old and realized that they only gonna push one star. So if he can blow and all I can do back this on is harmonize. Shit, some of them's never even heard none of them niggas from Ag- Jagged Edge sing. Yeah. You know what? But it was two other people there. Hold up. Yeah, man. They was two. I, I, I know a story of them going out on a tour together, and it was at a karaoke place, Jagged Edge. Mm-hmm. And they was trying to get the, the two other niggas to sing. And they they didn't want to sing at the karaoke show. And then there's them, a couple of other stars, and they're like, oh, yeah, we just in this job. They're like, nah. We good. So they finally went up there. But I was like, oh, man, that was a trash. <laughs> I said, why y'all on the side? <laughs> hey, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, that's, that's funny, man. It is. But that's some of the things you sort of run into, like you said. And 
Prentice Penny, who actually is a writer and a producer for Insecure, he also was a, a writer on Girlfriends and Happy Endings. He did a series called The Hustle, which came out on Fuse about seven years ago now. And it had uh, Yolanda Noel, who actually was on uh, Insecure, and he was in uh, The Photograph as well. And London Brown, who was on Ballers, they were a rap group on the show. Their homegirl, Yaya, who was played by Erica Dickerson, who was one of Freddie Gibbs' baby mamas. And Freddie Gibbs actually guest starred on the show. They were trying to get a deal. She was an A&R at a major rap label. And they heard their demo, and the head of the label was like, at first, yeah, he want to sign, but he don't want to sign a group. He only wants to sign D. He don't want to sign Cutter, who was Yolanda Noel's character. And it was a big mate to do about, you know, all right, look, we're not going to sign this deal with the label if they only want to side D we agree you know now <laughs> it was a little realistic but then also a little unrealistic because it's like yo most dudes probably would have been like right, I'm taking this deal dog I'm sorry I'll bring you along with me but eventually they worked it out where they ended up signing the group but the label didn't really want Cutter at all but Cutter was a rapper but D was definitely the better rapper but Cutter was the one who was a producer who was making all the five beats that's that's the it was sort of like a, a partnership but you get stuff like that where it's like all right the label only wants one person to shine and anybody else who comes along is kind of like dead weight. So, you know, like you said, budgets are smaller now, especially at labels. And if you're making it yourself, it's easy to be able to take money just to put into one person. Because then, like you said, Damo, dressing rooms, hotel rooms, flight, you know, flights, rental cars, all those type of different things you talk about. The more people you put in, the more money it is to be able to spend things, spend money and to get those budgets out of control. So, that's definitely one of the reasons why I think and the biggest reasons why I think we don't see groups anymore. But I think it does a disservice to the game when we don't see as many groups as we used to. Um, but I know and know why that's happening now. But it's kind of sad to see where hip hop started because it was all about groups and everything was about clicks. I mean, everything from East Coast to West Coast, down to down south, everything was about clicks. All these great rap groups that came out that made these classic albums. And now it's no more because... Things have changed, the dynamics of the times have changed, and everything else has changed too. So, but hopefully we'll see a little bit more collaborations. I'd love to see, you know, more stuff come out. Run the Jewels just came out with another project. Um, P. Ron's supposed to be coming out with something else as, as well soon. Griselda's, of course, pumping things out. Blue and Exile came out with a great album called Miles earlier on this year. So we'll continue to see what happens and see if some of those other classic rap groups start to put out any more content. You know, the ones from our area that we know and love. So Okay. Well, that's cool. No, that, yeah, I just, I just thought about it, too, like, as far as, like, that whole aspect, as far as, like, the DJ and the MC. I mean, I do think Freddie Gibbs is kind of keeping that alive, you know, with, like, you know, putting out Bandana and then putting out Alfredo. Alfredo, like, yeah. You know I mean? Both of them with bangers. So, I mean, he's one of the few to keeping, up, keeping that spirit of it alive. I mean, he's, like, around our age as well. So, I mean, that might have mm-hmm. something to do with it, too, having been brought up on the same type of mentality of hip-hop that we were. Yeah. And Freddie Gibbs is a bit of a throwback with Alchemist as well. Alchemist yeah. has been <laughs> Alchemist has been working, man. As a DJ and as a producer, you know, as a producer, he's been producing for everybody. For Boldy James, he's been producing for Freddie Gibbs. I mean, all the stuff he's done for Mob Deep. He's also mm-hmm. been doing a lot of work for Action Bronson. He's actually Action Bronson DJ when he goes out on tour. So the two of them actually work, do a lot of work together. When Mob Deep was still together before Prodigy passed, Ski was actually their road DJ as well as Ski was the road DJ for Can't Blow, you know, and he did a big production on Uptown Saturday Night when that album came out in 1997. So you see some of it still happening, starting to, you know, still kind of there, but it's kind of like under the radar, people not really noticing it. But, 
yeah, things are sort of still out there. Um, we'll see how many more projects come out. And some of our rap groups, of course, are never going to end up coming back out again. I mean, some of the members have died. Like, we're not going to have another Mob Deep album. We're not going to have another Tribe Called Quest album. You know, some of the other rap groups have, have broken up. And Little Brother got back together, but it was only Fonte and Big Pooh with no Ninth Wonder. Of course, there were issues that they had together with themselves. But, you know, that's a little disappointing as well. But that's just the game and the way it goes, though. So here's to hoping that we see a little bit more group collaborations as more group albums come out over the next few years so that's going to wrap up cards dominoes drinks and smoke I want to thank you all for joining us here on the vault classic music reviews please make sure you check us out on our new host red circle you can also download stream and subscribe to the vault classic music reviews on any one of our streaming platforms you go to any one of our social media sites you can get to the link tree there that has all of our streaming sources and all of our social media handles you can get to us on instagram on at vault cmr podcast on Twitter, at Vault Classic, and on Facebook and YouTube, you can search the Vault Classic Music Reviews, and you can like and subscribe to our pages there. Our YouTube has our episodes that go up a few days after we publish our episodes every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Weekly, we have a new episode coming out. Make sure you go to our social media, interact with us there, like, subscribe, follow, anything else. We like to hear the interaction from those fans who are out there listening, and we do it there all for you. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.